Hello and welcome to the Cyclone Insider Podcast from the Des Moines Register. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Coming to you on a Friday afternoon uh, after the Iowa State men defeated Kansas State in somewhat dramatic fashion on uh, Wednesday night. And uh, finish up this week with number eight, Kansas, coming to Hilton Coliseum 1230 tomorrow on CBS. So we got lots to talk about. The game Wednesday is less interesting to talk to talk about than uh, the drama surrounding uh, whatever it was Kansas State was doing or thought was going on in the stands. Uh, Jerome Tang getting uh, pretty animated a number of times, both during and after the game with TJ Otzelberger, apparently being concerned about some uh, spy craft going on in terms of uh, their <laughs> huddles. Um, the whole thing seems a little overwrought. To me, but certainly a uh, a weird situation. And again, Randy, you've been doing this for over fifty years. I, I can't imagine uh, you've covered somebody getting upset about an opposing team potentially or allegedly recording their huddles in a basketball game. Is that a new one for you? That yeah, I've, I've I've hit a lot of new new highs or lows or whatever you want to call it this year. The gambling was new. Um, this was new. This whole narrative is is it's 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 so annoying and it seems so sophomoric. Number one, did you see a Travis? You were at the game. I was at the game. Anybody that's listening, most of our people, most of the people listening here were at the game. Did you see a drone? I, I did not flying over the, the Kansas bench during huddles. Nor did I. Maybe we missed it. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you. That if anybody was, if any of the 14,000, if there were 14,000 cell phones pointed at the Kansas State um, team during timeouts, I will 100, I will mow your, your, your ranch's yard forever if, if, if that happened. I mean, if, if, if the way Kansas State thinks it did, I mean, why do you think players ring around, circle, circle around the coach? I mean, that you can't see through that. What I, what fans were doing, they were sure they were videoing the huddle. Tang was animated from the tip, from the very tip, he was animated. People are looking for click for that clickbait video where he gets thrown out of a game or. Just goes any goes ballistic. They've done the same thing with TJ. They weren't nobody's stealing stealing anything. I I you know I rant. I, I that's that's ridiculous. I, um, I it's it's a bad narrative. It's a narrative that um, I've never I've never heard, and I don't even see how it's logistically possible for basketball. Yeah, I don't think it probably warrants a lot of time to talk about other than it was weird. And it's also weird that Tang would get that upset about it and go on national television uh, and being as demonstrative as he was. And then just after the game, be like, yeah, hey, we're not going to talk about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> TJ's my best, one of my best friends. He's a great guy. I love TJ. Yeah, it was a, a weird deal. And uh, between this and the horns down stuff with Rodney Terry, it's been a weird uh season oh, yeah. it's been a weird start to big 12 play for big 12 coaches uh getting upset about uh 
in strange ways, I guess would be the the best way to say it. But certainly, uh, I don't think there's much to this, uh, given what we've heard and who we've talked to. But uh, well, I guess we'll we'll see if any more comes from it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if Kansas has like brings those big uh, tarps <laughs> that they have for football. You know, that'd to, be awesome to, to block the to block. Anybody trying to take a peek into their huddle on Saturday? Oh, I hope they do. I hope they do. And they, I think they should do it just for the comedy alone. Just do it for the comedy alone. We'd have a crowd story to write. Oh, my God. More of one that we may write, be writing anyway. Oh, my gosh. It's so, not going to take much to rile up the fans. No. Kansas comes into Hilton Coliseum. Always a big game uh, for Iowa State and college basketball in a lot of years. This year probably being among them. Uh, tough matchup. For Iowa State, but certainly this is not one of the great Kansas teams that we've seen uh, over the years. Under Bill Self, I think, you know, they're like barely hanging on to the top 20 in Kempom despite being 16 and three on the season already. Two Big 12 losses, uh, both on the way on the road, obviously, to UCF and West Virginia. Like those are those are the road games you would very much expect Kansas to win. Uh, the Jayhawks are kind of mediocre in terms of their national, you know, efficiency numbers. Twenty eighth on offense, twenty fifth on defense. Again, not not a great Kansas team, and certainly, you know, a game I haven't seen a a line yet, Randy. But I would be surprised. I I, if, I'll look one up here right now. I would be surprised if the Cyclones aren't a, a couple of point favorites on Saturday. That would, um, I don't know. Um... Keep talking for a second here. Um, here we go. Um, Iowa State is a three-point favorite. Okay. Nope. Yep. A three-point favorite. And the over-under number is – I don't know. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> I was it's, uh, it's that one, wasn't a very good podcast. It's a yeah, one... I think Iowa State's favorite. 46 on Ken Palm is the over-under. So I'm sure the Vegas that. line is somewhere close to that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As so, well. so anyway, um, yeah, I would say, I would say it's a favorite and I, I don't know. That's all. That's, that's only the crowd is what that is. But, but my concern is how does, how does Iowa state defend Hunter Dickinson? He's seven foot two. Like TJ said today, um, he, he, he's a presence in the block down low both shooting and passing on the pick and roll. He can shoot, he can pass out of out of the block and onto the into the and to the perimeter. Um, and oh by the way, he's a 41% three-point shooter. And it's not like he's only taken two three-point shots. He's taken a few. So man, I don't know. I don't know how Iowa State defends him. Well, I do. You put you run three guys at him throughout the course of a game and hope somebody so and hope somebody can uh, um, can do something. I mean, you're going to start off with Robert Jones, and you're going to go Hassan, and then you're going to go Omaha Baloo. And Omaha Baloo has played the last few games in the first half. Um, I, I would suggest I would I would say that that's likely because they know they're going to be needing him in this game. And TJ said today that he's been practicing. So I, Kansas presents a lot of of uh of of weapons but and i don't know I, you're right kansas has been very mediocre and i think iowa state's defense has been way above 
what it's has been at least above what it's been in the past. So if Iowa State can play defense like we've seen Iowa State play, then then maybe there's some validity to that Iowa State being a three point favorite. Yeah, and I think like Kevin McCuller is a guy you got to be really worried yep. about too. I think if you're Iowa State, because it's not just it's not just Hunter Dickinson. I think you know McCuller makes them really good. Um, you know, as a you know the the Robin the Dickinson's Batman. I think with with in right. that front court, um, and obviously Iowa State fans are well acquainted with Kevin McCuller having you know previously been at Texas Tech before coming to Kansas last year. So like this is like I don't mean to say that this is a uh, a gimme game by any stretch of the imagination. Like Kansas is still good. They're just not the juggernaut with lottery picks all over the roster. Uh, that we've seen in years past. And like those losses to UCF into West Virginia, like jump off the page. I mean, they really do in terms of, you know, those, those are not games, especially in January that you see Kansas lose like one of them, maybe like when, you know, you think back to when they lost to TCU, like, I mean, it's probably been 10 years ago now and TCU was like two and 16 in the league, you know, where they'll, they'll drop one here and there, but to drop two in the course of 10 days, is surprising and you know this is even for whatever not being overwhelmed by by them like this is still a team that beat tennessee and connecticut earlier this year um you know it seems like ages ago now but this is a team that did that so there there still is a a ceiling here i think for them that that they probably haven't reached but that said like i think iowa state's pretty good you know i think obviously there are some issues and we saw them you know really in the last two games with coughing up some leads tame and lipsy did not look like himself, I didn't think on Wednesday night. I don't know that it was the shoulder, but it just it was not at his best, um, certainly. And they're going to need him to be down the stretch. Uh, but if the defense continues to be the defense, and I'm like, I don't mean to say this as like a uh, that I was doubting that Iowa State's defense would be good because clearly the last two years we know it was going to be good. But I am surprised that they've been able to generate the turnovers at the level that they are both with this roster and in the big 12, you know, where they, you know, TCU turns it over 27 times. Kansas state turns it over 17 times uh, the other night. Like this team is generating an incredible amount of turnovers, you know, without having a guy like Gabe Kalsher, who was so good defensively the last two years, or an Isaiah Brockington, who was excellent defensively, you know, at that, wing position they don't have a stopper like that an individual guy that we've seen the last couple years but as a collective whole like they're just their nails defensively and their ability to turn teams over is a game changer and it elevates them from what a roster that is good and interesting to a team that is you know probably you know is uh fighting above its weight class i think in some respects in terms of you know the sum being more than uh the individual pieces you brought up a good point about Taman. Yeah, he's coming off his his sprained shoulder. Um, TJ made no reference, made even no insinuation that he that he won't play. He'll play as many minutes um, tomorrow as his as his body can withstand. Interesting. I went back and looked at last year's box score when Iowa State beat Kansas by fifteen in Ames. I'd forgotten about this. Taman was so close to a to a triple double. I think he had he was he's um nine points, ten assists, and eight rebounds in 31 minutes. 
this is he played his one of his best games last year against Kansas. So that's and this was as a, as a as a true freshman, the first time he'd ever faced, or maybe the second time. I don't remember where they were in, in the order of the games. Nonetheless, and oh by the way, Iowa State's um, maybe best scorer is also a true freshman in Milan. He's a true freshman, and this is going to be his ex first experience against against Kansas. And maybe he'll be the guy that could that could possibly bring Dickinson a little bit away from the basket. If and you brought it up today, Travis, if he starts shooting three pointers and transition, Milan, I'm talking about now, like we know he can do. Um, and even he admitted against Kansas State, he he kind of he kind of backed off sometimes about shooting him in transition, he, um, which was fine. It's whatever he's comfortable with. But I want to see how how Milan reacts against against Kansas. Um, also, because he's going to, you know, I wouldn't doubt if Hunter Dick, Hunter Dick, he sees a little bit of Hunter Dickinson coming out on the perimeter and and, and defending the perimeter. So. It's going to be um, be be one of those games that that uh, um, Iowa State's got to play perfect. I mean, we hear Matt Campbell talking about that all the time. Well, this is the same situation going to be with Iowa with the the basketball team. Iowa State's got to play a perfect game, and thank goodness for Iowa State that that Iowa State's at home having to do that. Yeah, no game in uh, Lawrence for the first time since 1921, I believe. Ridiculous. Which, yeah. Which. I, uh, I've already mentioned how long you've been doing this job, so I won't make any jokes about 1921. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I didn't cover the 1905 game either when this series started. <laughs> okay. Um, but you were talking about Milan there, and I think, to me, if you're an Iowa State fan, as good as he's been, like it is very clear where he can get better, and like that's got to have you salivating as an Iowa State fan because like that kid's going to be – has the potential to be – incredibly incredibly effective offensive player because the stuff that he's good at right now he's great at right his ability to shoot his ability to get in uh you know to get into that dirk fadeaway you know in the mid post i mean is elite already if you add in a little bit better ball handling some playmaking some facilitating like not even at a high level just at like a like a you know a big 12 level like the the leap that he has the ability to make is uh I think pretty considerable. I mean, watching him, it's like he, the things that he does, he does great. And now you build around that, you know, as a 18 or 19 year old, you know, that, that becomes a pretty formidable basketball player, not only in college, you know, but at the next level, which I think to me is pretty obvious that he'll eventually be there. You know, and I'll, yeah. And, and Iowa State's got to stay out of foul trouble as well. Yeah. The PJ's been playing eight or nine guys, maybe 10 sometimes. But uh, um, they've 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 got to stay out of foul trouble, and we know what can happen if a team gets so jacked up playing at home. They get so wrapped up, you know, the crowd behind them. They're so amped up to play that yeah, they may they may do something stupid out there um, on the defensive end, and and uh, um, you know a few stupid fouls. But and it's going to make a difference on how the refs call the game too. If it's anything like the refs uh, against Kansas State, we've seen a couple games like that this year for Iowa State where almost anything goes I mean you've got to be having um you got to draw blood before before there's a foul call and oh by the way I remember when George Yang laid under the basket at Kansas City 
with a gouged eye bleeding in a, in a Kansas game. That's what we could have. That's what we could have tomorrow. So you're calling for blood sport. You're <laughs> calling it's a blood sport. Yeah, it is. absolutely, it is without question. We saw George, um, but uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, thank goodness this game's at twelve thirty. I think you and I, or I told you the other day that I was. Um, what was the eight o'clock game? I didn't know. I'm just bored, just hanging out. So, um, so I'm, I thank goodness it's at twelve thirty because I, I'm kind of amped up for it to be now. All right, next eight o'clock game, I'll have you come over and babysit my kids, and I'll keep you busy. And speaking of your kids, there was no boring, boring. Yeah, happy here. birthday! Happy birthday to Lachlan, your son. Yeah, big. Tell uh, him that, will you? Tell him Uncle Randy. Let him know. Die. Bring me a piece of cake tomorrow. Yeah, the tomorrow. the terrible twos will get uh, undergone here uh, in no time, <laughs> just like the game tomorrow, twelve thirty, CBS. Uh, Ian Eagle, Bill Raftery, Jay Wright, all in the house for the game uh, for CBS. Randy and I will be there for the Des Moines Register. Be sure to check out uh, all of our uh, coverage, Des Moines Register.com. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.